This Day in Crime is released every day, Monday through Saturday. For ad-free listening and exclusive bonus content, subscribe to Tenderfoot Plus at tenderfootplus.com or on Apple Podcasts. Let's start the show. Welcome back to the show. I'm Todd McComas, and it's Wednesday. And your Wednesday host, Eric Quintana, and I were having a conversation recently that was centered around one interesting question. What would you do if you won a million dollars? It's an innocent question I'm sure you've probably been asked a million times, but it's a question that immediately caused me anxiety. Because I was born with hillbillies. And I'd like to think I'd be responsible enough with a million dollars to be able to set myself up for life, but what if my hillbilly DNA takes over and I spend it all on pumpkin catapults, fireworks, and the original Trans Am from the movie Bandit? The thought of that temptation terrifies me. So let's just hope I never get the opportunity to find out. Here's Eric Quintana. The Coast Guard saves the day, yacht hijacking, 90-day fiancé, and AI-generated naughtiness. All that and more coming up on This Day in Crime. Happy Hump Day, everybody. Hump Day! My name is Eric Quintana, and today is Wednesday, February 28th, 2024. So I've been messing around with ChatGPT lately on a personal project. I had the bright idea of seeing what ChatGPT could come up with if I gave it a prompt and pasted a link to one of these stories. I honestly could not resist. And boy, ChatGPT did not disappoint. So this first story is proudly brought to you by ChatGPT. I honestly can't tell you how badly I wanted to lie and just pawn this off as my own writing. So picture this, the high seas, a daring crew, and a bunch of would-be smugglers in a fast boat thinking they can outsmart the Coast Guard in the Eastern Pacific Ocean. Cue the Pirates of the Caribbean music. So there's the Coast Guard cutter alert, cruising along its 59-day narcotics patrol, minding its own business, when suddenly they spot it, a suspicious go-fast vessel. You know, the kind favored by smugglers because apparently subtlety isn't their strong suit. Now, the Coast Guard, being the friendly neighborhood enforcers of maritime law, politely ask the go-fast vessel to stop. But oh no, these smugglers aren't about to pull over for a chat and a cup of tea. They hit the gas trying to outrun the Coast Guard like it's some kind of nautical version of the Fast and the Furious. But the Coast Guard isn't about to let these wannabe Vin Diesels get away. They launch their helicopter and in a move straight out of an action movie, take out the go-fast vessel's engine. How do they do that? Well, let's just say the Coast Guard marksmen have some serious aim. With the engine disabled, it's game over for the smugglers. The Coast Guard swoops in, takes control of the vessel, and starts hauling in bale after bale of cocaine that the smugglers thought they could just toss overboard like it's some kind of aquatic game of hot potato. After weighing it all, the cocaine came out to a whopping 11,000 pounds. And just like that, the Coast Guard saves the day, making off with over $143 million worth of cocaine, the Coast Guard's largest single interdiction in the Eastern Pacific. It's a major blow to the criminal organizations attempting to smuggle illicit narcotics through the maritime domain. They took pictures in front of it and everything. Ah, the life of a Coast Guard hero. It's all in a good day's work. Honestly though, how do I leave ChatGPT a five-star review? All right, got the music. Sticking to the high seas without the help of ChatGPT this time, Authorities are saying an American couple are likely dead after their yacht was hijacked by escaped convicts in the Caribbean. 
Ralph Hendry and Kathy Brandell sold their home back in 2013 and had been living in their yacht ever since. On February 18th, their yacht was docked in Grenada, where the couple was last seen alive. Their boating neighbor said that the next morning, the boat was gone. Three escaped prisoners actually stole the couple's boat and then fled to the island of St. Vincent. Two days after that, the three prisoners were found and arrested. The police commissioner is saying that the information they've received suggests that while traveling between Grenada and St. Vincent, the prisoners threw the bodies of the couple overboard. They've also found evidence that would suggest a violent struggle occurred. Things were thrown around and authorities found a red substance that looked like blood. The family though is still hopeful that they could be found alive and searches for the body of the two Americans are ongoing. While it looks unlikely, here's to hoping they're alive or at the very least found. I'm honestly dumbfounded at some of the things our tax dollars are spent on. Romance novel research, federal movie consultants, even social media likes. But I have to know what was going on in South Georgia to even start an investigation on a fish farm. I mean, I don't know, maybe it's a legit reason, but I'd like my fraction of a fraction of a penny that I contributed to go to something else. Anyway, for whatever reason, the Georgia Department of Agriculture and a sheriff's office in South Georgia were investigating a fish farm because they thought it was a food manufacturing plant. And so this past week when the fish farm was raided, they naturally found an estimated $22.3 million in marijuana. Seedlings, full grown plants, the lights, the water system, the irrigation, over 11,000 plants, all of the makings of a full and sophisticated operation. And this crew was shipping product all the way up to New York and as far over as Houston. It may be one of the largest indoor pot growing operations in the Southeast. Four people were arrested and I'm wondering if more might be coming because an operation this big, I gotta think there's more people involved. I know nothing about the drug business though, so. What? I don't. We'll be right back after this break. Do you ever wish you could become a detective and help find the clues to the case? How about all of that in a mobile game that you can take anywhere? In June's journey, each scene leads to a new thrilling storyline. Uncover the mystery of June's sister's murder and find out about scandalous family secrets. The gameplay lets you find hidden clues as you investigate a murder mystery. Escape to a bygone age of mystery, danger, and romance. Let your imagination run wild when decorating your island estate and collect scraps of information to fill your photo album and learn more about each character. Whether you're craving a good mystery or looking for an escape, you can immerse yourself in the world of June Parker. June's Journey is a hidden object mystery game with a captivating detective story taking you back to the glamour of the 1920s with a diverse cast of characters. Each new scene takes you further through a thrilling murder mystery story that sets the main protagonist, June Parker, on a quest to solve the murder of her sister and uncover her family's many secrets. I travel so much while working that I personally love to play it while sitting around airports with all that free time I have. Can you crack the case? Download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. This story is for all you 90 Day Fiancé fans. Definitely have never thought that something like this could happen on a show like 90 Day Fiancé because those people are truly in love. They wouldn't take advantage of each other in any way, ever, because reality TV is totally real. Definitely not interjecting my own sarcasm here. Michael Ilisanmi and Angela Deem were two lovebirds who featured on the reality dating show. 
two months after moving to the United States with his then wife, Michael went missing. Police got involved, a $10,000 reward was set up for his return, and Angela began making attempts to contact Michael's family in Nigeria. He had been missing since the 23rd of February. Angela went on TikTok on the 26th to make the announcement, also saying that their home security camera didn't pick up anything. All of Michael's things had also been left at home. In the TikTok post, Angela says that everyone believed he walked out because he had no reason to stay in South Georgia. One day after revealing Michael had been missing, it was announced that Michael had actually been found. Angela actually got a call from the police after her TikTok live ended, verifying he was okay. Turns out, he actually had a burner phone, had scanned all his documents, and told the police that he was in fear for his life and did not want Angela to know his location. Angela, naturally, was pissed. Looks like the unimaginable happened. This man used Angela to get into the US, and now that he's here, he's on his own. I don't know what the situation is with immigration. I'm sure that's gonna be a problem for him. We'll have to see how this all kind of unfolds, but I guarantee you that as TLC keeps recording, as they keep up with this couple, they're undoubtedly going to promo the hell out of that episode. Guarantee it. So when I read the headline, California students accused of sharing AI-generated nudes of classmates, I definitely assumed they were talking about college students. I still can't wrap my head around the fact that they were talking about middle school students. An investigation is underway at Beverly Vista Middle School in Beverly Hills after students superimposed other students' faces onto AI-generated nude bodies. Those pictures were then passed around among a group of students. The school district is looking into what the appropriate discipline is for these students. Some parents are asking for huge consequences and I gotta agree with them. I'm also wondering if this might be the final example of something like this happening that forces lawmakers to create laws covering AI-generated images and content because this can't continue. But it does make you think about the advances of technology over the last, I don't know, 50 years. The internet was certainly the first major technological breakthrough in my lifetime. It changed the world and our lives dramatically. Then came cell phones. It seems obvious that AI will be the next thing to change our lives, for better or worse. I think the difference is we know going into it that AI is going to be life-altering technology. We didn't fully know, or maybe we didn't fully appreciate, what the internet and cell phones were capable of back when they first came out. This next story is interesting, but it left me wanting much more information. So this is your warning that this story is unfinished and will leave you dissatisfied. 69-year-old Dwight Mills was arrested Monday in Dothan, Alabama for the murder of his wife, Sharon Mills, a woman who was killed back on Christmas Eve in 2001. Dwight, at the time, reported Sharon missing back then and her body was recovered in a drainage ditch a month later just over the Florida state line. At the time, no arrests were made. More than 20 years after Sharon's death, Sharon's daughter, Angel Falk, never gave up hope when it came to finding out what happened to her mother. Last year, more than 20 years after Sharon's death, she came into some information that she says, quote, really hurt her heart and contacted Wiregrass Angel House, a nonprofit organization that works with families affected by violent crime. They reached out to the police with this new information, which prompted investigators to follow up on old leads. They were eventually able to obtain a search warrant to arrest Dwight and officially charge him with murder and abuse of a corpse. So the unsatisfying part is what new information was found that led to his arrest. All we know is that Angel found information that really hurt her. My guess is that the information is very specific to the case and they want Dwight to confirm the information, which would then confirm that he indeed was the killer. Unfortunately for us, we just have to kind of wait and see how this all unfolds moving forward. 
But as always, when we find out, we'll let you know. And finally, we've got a murder suspect on the run. Watch out if you live in Louisiana. 51-year-old Leon Ruffin was arrested back in July of 2023 on suspicion of second-degree murder, and he's been in jail ever since. Last Sunday, he was receiving medical treatment at a nearby hospital after suffering a seizure. After his release from the hospital, Leon created a disturbance that prompted the deputy to get out of the car and attend to Leon. That's when Leon pepper sprayed the deputy and got away in the vehicle. The deputy shot three times but wasn't sure if any of the bullets hit Leon. No one is sure how he got the pepper spray and he may have been faking the injuries that sent him to the hospital in the first place. The sheriff said he should be considered armed and dangerous and added that he really doesn't believe he has anything to lose. So if you're living in Louisiana, just be careful. Well, that does it for me, everybody. Make sure you tune in tomorrow with Laura Benson for all the top headlines for a Thursday. This Day in Crime is a production of Tenderfoot TV in partnership with Odyssey, produced in association with Burning Mountain Productions. Sources for today's episode and full credits can be found in the show notes, and you can follow us on social media at This Day in Crime. We're back at it tomorrow. Thanks for listening.